Welcome to another episode of RTFM, the greatest podcast ever made. Ennies 2023, we're coming for you. Wow. Love that energy. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> Last time I was just in a bad mood. This time I'm ready. I'm ready to take down everything. Uh, I am Aaron King. You can find me on Twitter at AaronMFKing. If this yeah. is your first episode, it'll be a confusing one. So don't listen to this one first. Go back and listen to some others. You can also listen to this one first. I am Max Lander. You can find me online at Maxwell Lander. But uh, this is our introductory episode to what we're calling like our official first season because the actual first season was so chaotic and we learned so much and this is good we're going to try and have some actual structure and format which we're going to talk about today uh listen i love i love season zero we're just trying to be i don't know professionals we're not we don't care about that right it's like your favorite show like the pilot episode or even the first season is always a little rough and then they get their shit together, and they learn how to work together, and then it gets good. That's us. You've been with us for our shitty times. Now get ready for <laughs> now, our pretty times. Now we get good. Uh, We've both so, completed Elden Ring. Have yes. You completed it yet? Yes. There. We so, are see, Elden we have, we have. We have gotten good. In fact, I chose the loathsome dung eater ending. Oh, I gotta go back and do that. It's it's good. Um, this is. Yeah, part intro to season one official, part finale of season zero, because we will be ranking the 12 games we read for our first season. Um, and we're calling it a season. There's not going to be a break, I don't think. We're not going to take the rest of the summer off or anything. We're just, you know. It's a conceptual season. Yeah, that's what, that's what fits in our mental notebook, and we're getting a new notebook now. Um, yes. My rubric for grading these 12 games is oh I was God, trying a rubric. to... Why are you always well, so fancy? <laughs> I just mean I needed to approach it with some sort of principles in mind or I would just tread water. So my ratings are based on how much I enjoyed reading the book, since this is technically a podcast about reading the book, but also how much material I might be likely to use in a future game. Yes, that's fair. I based it almost exclusively on how much I enjoyed reading it, although how much I enjoyed reading it would be colored by how much I would find usable. <laughs> so yes. those things are intertwined, but it is not in any way, shape, or form how much I enjoyed talking about it. That was not okay. a part of my metric, because okay. <laughs> that would be a whole different thing. Right. And then we'd be ranking our guests, and that would be rude. I was going to say, you it's use your not inside based on the for. guests. We are, we are not basing these on the guests at all. Yeah. I have loved all of our guests. Yes. Yes. They're all excellent. I have had fun recording every episode of this podcast, regardless of how much I enjoyed the book. So that is not... That's why I couldn't take that into account. I was like, right. even the ones I hated... Uh, reading arguably some of the ones I hated reading were the most fun to talk about um, so that can't be that can't be it are we um, are we jumping right in are we starting yeah. at 12 we've spoiled sp we've spoiled <laughs> number 12 for one another because we had to talk about how we were going to actually talk about them um, but other than number 12 other than our most our least favorite book we do not know what each other's ratings are yeah um Starting from the bottom, number 12. 
GURPS. It's got to be GURPS. It's got to be GURPS. For both of us. Independently ruled by both of us to be the least enjoyable read. I don't know what to say about this. Uh, We read the base book. It was... So bad. Just kind of dull and boring. Um, Yeah, it's one of those, like, I also, so this is an important note, I also did not rate it based on how well I think it would play. Because I understand, and I've heard this from a number of people, and I've had many conversations about GURPS, that, like, GURPS plays pretty smoothly, right? Like, it is better in play than it is in reading it. And I wholeheartedly believe that. And so that was not a part of my factor. It was just, this was so wretched to read. Right. We're not an actual play podcast. We're a book club yeah. podcast. Terrible book. Just like a zero ten book. Um, <laughs> also, I believe that if we had read not like the base <laughs> vanilla rules, it might have been more enjoyable to yes. read. The Hellboy book. the worst book. I have, and it's entertaining. There's some cool powers in there. Um, but yeah, just as a base game, it did not excite me. Terrible to read. Not going to use anything from it. Don't have any interest in anything about it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Boom. Uh, number 11. You want to go first or should I? I can go first. My number 11 is 13th Age. <laughs> okay. Mine is Which, not. 13th ooh. Age shows up later for me. Thirteen, like Again, 13th Age, do I think it would be more fun to play? Probably. Um but I just did not like reading it. Part of that, I mean, we talked about this in the episode, but part of that was also to me, like the design of the book made reading it really unpleasant. Like it was a very hostile laid out book. Absolutely. Um, And just too many pages, too many words. And not, I think because 13th Age is pretty generic fantasy, which is, this is a comment I might have about a couple books. There wasn't really anything that I felt like I super wanted to steal. Um, like we had some interesting conversations about icons and how that could be an interesting system away from that. But as far as everything else, it was a lot of like, here's a lot of fantasy mechanics, which I can find elsewhere in ways that I enjoy better. So I don't know that I would steal a lot of them. That was my thought. Yeah. Uh, mine is rated a little bit higher only because the lore stuff in the back was all so actionable and like immediately something that a player mm-hmm. could latch onto or start doing. Um, What's your number 12? Number 11, rather. Yeah, my number 11 is Star Frontiers. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. That's um, equally as generic sci-fi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whereas 13th Age has some generic fantasy, this is, to me, just kind of like uh, generic sci-fi. We mentioned it in the episode, in the end I just felt like it was like a cash grab or a market grab of like, we gotta have some fantasy stuff. Um, there's some cool aliens in there and some cool pictures for sure. Uh, it's not like a waste of time. I didn't finish it and go, Ugh, I wish I hadn't done that, but, uh, it didn't have much spark for me. I think the only book I finished and was like, Oh, I wish I hadn't done that was GURPS. So I feel good. <laughs> that is the metric. Uh, right. but yeah, I feel like Star Frontiers is a little higher for me. Um, this is fine. Let's go to number 11. My number 11 is Star Frontiers. <laughs> Wait, this is number 11. Number 10. My number 10 is oh. Star Frontiers. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
I felt similarly in that like generic science fiction. So not a lot, nothing that I would really take from it. I don't think definitely nothing mechanical that I would take from it um, because of a lot of those like confusing systems. But, um, but it squeaked out ahead of 13 Age because it was short. It was <laughs> right. at least short. 13 Age I... has to be, I believe, I mean, I don't know, but I feel like 13 Age is competing with only one other book that we read as far as like just pure word count yeah. to not say much. And 13th um, Age for me is like, the reason I rated it higher is because that final bit that I actually like is like 20 pages. and so, Totally. Just steal the end. Yeah. I'll just rip that part off the back of the book. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we're on number 10. My number 10 is Chromebook, the cyberpunk supplement. Oh, wow. Okay. It came in low because there is some very cool stuff in there, and I like some of the design, but there's just still so much like gun-loving, tank-driving kind of uh, boring masculinity it's uh, making me reconsider my entire list. No, no, no. Don't do it. I'm we having a list crisis. It. I'm not going to change it. No, I'll I change nothing. Too. I am too. But uh, I mean, it's funny because going forward now, there's stuff that I like about all these books. I just had to make a call about like, do I feel drawn back to find those things? And Chromebook, the things I liked are just like stuck in the stew of my head now. And the other things I feel can be blown away on the wind. I feel like if Chromebook permanently jacked into your SD card in your brain, you should give it a better rating. <laughs> but all I'm, of these I'm are jacked in. For... All of these are jacked in on me. I'm jacked Whatever. in. <laughs> no, that's fine. This is going to be funny. Uh, Chromebook, higher for me, obviously. Yeah. Number do you nine, you go talk first. talk about why it's good? Or do we do that? When no, I'll yell about it later. <laughs> I'll yell about it later when it's a surprise where it appears on my list. Is it number one? It is not uh, number one. No. I, I think guess. our number ones are the same. I'm guessing. Yeah. But I think yeah. our number ones. I think our number ones and twos might be the same. And they cool. might be inverse, but we'll see. Yeah. I think you're probably right. Uh, let's hear your number nine. No, I went first last time. You go first. Oh, yeah. My number nine is Changeling. The My Lost. number nine is also Changeling. <laughs> <laughs> Again, another super long book. Um, so long. Some great art some cool player abilities, some cool ideas about magic and contracts, but all of those cool ideas are then yoked to these kind of uh, annoying mechanics. Yes. Yeah, I feel similarly. Changeling and 13th Age for me were like, I think these are the two that are competing on word count. Yes. (laughs) They're so long and so bloated, and the books are laid out pretty poorly. Um, cause they're just walls of text, but unlike Star Frontiers, 13 Age and GURPS, I felt like there were bits in there that would be fun to play with. And that's like, mainly that's flavor, like not mainly, not mechanics, but like some of the, some of the like types of Fae and whatever. And like, I think the kind of Fae court and I, I really liked the contract situation, right? Like we had a lot of conversations about the contracts and how that could like potentially manifest in a different game. Um, and in a different context, I think I would like those as a mechanic. Unlike Star Frontier's 13 Age of Gerbs, where I was like, I don't need any of these mechanics to come with this. Yeah. Well, that's easy peasy. Yeah. Number let's, eight. We're going to differ. Number eight. Yeah. My number eight is Traveler. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
I, I will. I mean, I'll just say right now, Traveler is number seven for me. So we're so close. Very close. Uh, Traveler again, generic science fiction. Not a lot that I want. However, the life path shit does get does squeak it up a little higher than really for me. I think actually, this is the line of games that I thought were fun or not fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, seven and up are all games that I like enjoyed in one way or another. Uh, eight and down are all kind of like. I don't think they'll ever reappear in my life. <laughs> um, but yeah, but the life path stuff was kind of cool. I was kind of into that. Uh, my number eight is 13th age only because I do like the actionable world building enough that I feel like I could see myself using that. Pretty so our eight to 12 was a, no, it wasn't the same. We haven't found out where, where your Chromebook what? is. Yeah. Wait, but what, what what did you have that we haven't found out? Traveler, which is right. up next. I'll just pivot to that. Yeah. Right. Um, same stuff, like kind of bland, but much shorter. Does not overstay its welcome. And yeah, a lot of the random generation stuff, the life paths, some of the planet generation and creature generation, like I could see myself pulling those tables out and rolling on them. Yeah. So. My number seven is this is this is hard because now i like them all so now i feel rude <laughs> yes uh, to them but my number seven is rules to the games of dungeon game of dungeon uh, yeah yeah uh which i enjoyed reading like t- totally fine not not this is not a the top of the worst this is the bottom of the best is right. where we're at right now um totally enjoyed reading but like would i ever play it absolutely not <laughs> will i think about it in like is there stuff i want to steal from it not really is there stuff that was fun to read about it like some of the but to me that was it was kind of like reading somebody's journal and so like it was entertaining to read but from a game standpoint not very compelling like from a i want to take parts of this and incorporate it into another game or i want to like steal this mechanic or do this little thing it's like no like wizard balls maybe yeah (laughs) maybe exclusively Wizard wizard balls are here to stay uh wizard balls the best part of it but other than that it was just like no this is a very fun read it feels like reading a journal and i'm into it uh that was your number seven right yeah number seven do you want to do number six then what was your number seven no your number seven was traveler i am having a hard time keeping up today everything it's tough because our games are so close that it's like yeah yeah um my number six is od and d uh, because I just kind of enjoyed it. It's <laughs> just kind of fun. I appreciate the... I don't know. There's, maybe part of it is just like, you know, the transference of nostalgia as a person who like didn't play OD&D ever. So for sure doesn't don't have my own nostalgia about it. But like, you know, there's a lot in there that is like f- the flavor of what my nostalgia tastes like, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Um, and don't really hate any part of it. Liked some of the love that swords are sentient, even if that rollable table failed me horrifically. Uh, love that magic swords are sentient. <laughs> sentient. All swords are sentient is a whole other different game. Um, but yeah, just kind of like enjoyed reading it. It was nice and short. It was kind of, it had some statements in it that I didn't expect. Like if you want militaristic, strict fantasy gtfo of D, which is kind of fun right like that i enjoyed reading those little tidbits that i think people don't 
know. Like it felt like it carried some some little secrets about the history of D and D, and like kind of I, even some of my conceptions of where D and D comes from are not there, which is interesting, right? Like that what D and D is and some of the things that I dislike about it, I think I was also one of those people who was like, probably that comes from old D and D. And then you read old D and D and you're like, Oh, it doesn't. I wonder where that shows up. You know? Yeah. We Um, might find out next season. Yeah. Yeah. What's your number six? My number six is complete book of humanoids. Uh, Whoa. Again, we're at that point where it's like, shocked. These are all good. There's some great stuff in there. There's some funky little dudes that I want to get down with, but there's also just some weird stuff about like the men dominate all the women and the women are like, you know, it's just like, (laughs) and there's some weird, like tribalistic uh, kind of racially coded stuff that, um, you know, I would love to pull out the good bits from this book, but it is a little on the long side. And so the ratio just wasn't quite there, but, I'm always down for funky little dudes, and this book has a bunch of them. This is going to be weird as we get higher up. Right, right. Um, my number five, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cyberpunk 2020. Me too. I was All like, right. I know this is coming. We're In back. my heart, I knew this was coming. <laughs> um, yeah, again, a, a lot of bad, boring gun stuff. But then, mm-hmm. like you were saying with OD&D, just a lot of surprising stuff about, like, being cool and stylish. Uh, I think a lot of commentary on, you know, at least my current life in America without access to good health care and, like, uh, you know, the way that cyber stuff is done in that book, I think, is just, like, you're going to a street doctor and you're probably going to get fucked up. Um, yeah, give us all I, a couple of years or whatever. Have I told the story on the podcast yet about how I got shingles and then my friend cyberpunked a, a meeting with her healthcare and was like, I have shingles, but I can't show you because they're on my butt and like got a prescription for the antibacterial pills and then sold a feet pick to cover that cost. I love this. So I think I, I think I knew this, but I don't know whether <laughs> okay. you told me on the podcast. Yeah. Just I guess you. I shouldn't say out loud that I'm performing like bureaucratic crimes, but uh, just whatever. kidding everyone. I made up that whole situation. I can't be prosecuted. Um, but the style stuff, there's cool like reputation stuff in that book that's like once you get popular enough, if someone sees you, they might stop fighting you because you're cool and yeah. you have a reputation. Yeah. Uh, I think there's lots of fun little subsystems that I would like to pull out and use. Like to be honest, if we maybe someday I'm gonna propose this. I, I we read it we we now are we've talked about this in the Discord. I think we're gonna read a lot of Mike Pondsmith on this podcast. Uh, strangely, <laughs> I it's this is very <laughs> weird to me because when we read Cyberpunk, both of us were like balls. <laughs> this, is, this is dumb. Um, and I think it took a long I think it took a long time to marinate like the parts that were good. I feel right. like I feel like there's a lot of that is like looking back at it and seeing what stuck, and not so much the initial feel when reading it um but because we've now read two and i kind of and there's been one suggested in the discord that i think both of us want to read um called cyber generation which sounds rad but i kind of want to read cyberpunk red to see if it keeps all of the stuff but makes all the mechanics leaner you know because it is a smaller like i think it's still a pretty small as far as like it's not you know a 300 pager or whatever and I wonder if they updated, because like 
what I didn't like was all the system stuff. Right. And if that was simplified, like, I think I'd play it. Yeah. Like, if life there was pass, a... Good life paths in this game, too. Yeah. If there was a sledgehammer version of Cyberpunk, I'm going to have to start making sledgehammer versions of everything, um, <laughs> I would play it, like, with cyberpunk modules with like their actual material if the base system was simpler i would get into it yeah um number four maybe our number four is the same no probably we're going to start diverging because oh yeah we're both cyberpunk we're yeah. both cyberpunk because now we know if you've been paying attention two of the ones you've mentioned <laughs> i have not mentioned and two yeah. of the ones i've mentioned you have not mentioned well, so we at least have let's some hear your guesses. number four warhammer is my number oh. four then let me tell you this. Our top two are not the same. Oh, I know that already. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I I mean, I liked it. Like, the to be honest, the next four books are all, you know, eight, seven, eight, ten. Seven, eight of ten-ish books for me. Um, I really liked Warhammer. It was, I would play it. I want to play it. You're supposed to run it for the Discord. Yeah, we're um, going to run it. Maybe with Sledgehammer, but... Maybe with Sledgehammer, so it's a little... I think that's a kind of default, is, like, anything that was written before 2000 just could be updated with right. new knowledge of how games are easier to run and make, you know? Um, but, yeah, all of it... All of it's cool. I dig all of it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my number four is the game of Dungeon. Minneapolis Dungeon. I think, like you said, it's like game writing as memoir. I just love that peak... This is almost all based on the joy of reading it. I don't know that I would ever play it. I don't know how much I'll pull from it, but it's so short. It's so fun. I just want to be that 14-year-old that wrote down a game I was playing, and then it gets rediscovered, you know, 30, 40, 50 years later. Uh, that's it. Yeah. Uh, and then my number three is original D&D &D. Um, again. I think partly because it's just so short and personal. Like someone was just putting it together naively before they had a concept of what a game should look like. And that just brings me some joy. Uh, what's your number three? My number three is Chromebook. Oh, yeah. I liked I, it more than the base game. I did like it more than the base game. I think because I, the base game, I don't like the game of the base game. I just right. like the stuff around the game. And this is just stuff around the game. Also, I will say this is, uh, this is somewhat based on reading bits of Chromebook 1, 2, 3, and 4. Because I actually right. think 3 is one of the least interesting of the lot. I could absolutely is, see that. Because it is more like what you're saying about it being kind of like tanks and all that kind of stuff. Like that's in three. And then like that we had, I had the combined edition of three and four and there's like, I don't know, one meat hands. Like let's get into the weird fingers. Um, but the other thing for me is like there was cool like musical instruments and co like there was other stuff in the other ones that I thought was way more interesting than any of the, the weapon or like military-ish tech. Um but yeah, I liked all of it. I like its layout. I like how I like how it's not walls and walls of text. I liked yeah. just flipping I it to be honest, actually as a read, potentially I should have put it lower for this reason, because like I didn't read it thoroughly, but it felt like I could just flip through and like it was illustrated and it has a bunch of stuff and like to flip through it was very enjoyable. Like as a yeah. reference book, enjoyable. That's why I rated it lower, just because it's a great catalogue. 
yeah. perfect catalog, but not a, a fun sit down and read 20 pages or whatever. Yeah, totally. Um, what are we on? Two? Two. Mine is Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because our I first love one the is the same. <laughs> yeah, I love the careers. Uh, I love the sample adventure. Um, the monsters, the magic, they're all pretty fun. And I would play it. I yeah. would happily run it. Uh, you know, it's a little bloated. I wish it was shorter. Yeah. This is why we like Sledgehammer. Sledgehammer is a game by John Geary slash Gay Half Orc. You can get it at gayhalfork.itch.io. I know we've talked about it in the past, uh, but it's just like a great little punk Warhammer so zine. Uh, so good. I love so it. Good. Um, I am still working on my Sledgehammer DCC, but now I got to make Chromebook Sledgehammer. I don't know. Like, I need there to be, I guess I can just keep calling them the Sledgehammer version of it, but I need, like, John, I need you to just classify, like, make a title for the kind of, this kind of translation of a game so that I can just use it as if it's like a verb, you know? Right. I'm sledging. I'm sledging cyberpunk tonight. I mean, that's, okay, great, done. Don't don't worry, John. We don't need you. Um, hey, tell me about the Book of Humanoids and why it's your number two. Yeah, <laughs> the Book of Hum. Okay, all of your criticisms, a hundred percent valid. <laughs> I have mentally removed all of the problematic parts of. Well, humanoids. that's what I yeah, that's what I did with Thirteenth Age. Like goodbye, the first four hundred pages. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like, so like yes, there is some stuff in there that is not great. There's for sure some stuff in there that is racist. There's some stuff in I think literally all of these that is that's true <laughs> yes I don't think yeah. any of these uh actually are are stain free some of them worse than others obviously but um yeah I just every page was kind of like a fun little journey into a fun little guy um and I liked like I liked the jobs I forget what they were called but like the kits the, the kits yeah uh I liked I liked the kits I kind of I feel like there's a world in which humanoids is a full game to me, actually. Right. Where it's just like make your little guy and then make your little kit. And like here's well, and a bunch I, of little I, guys and here's a bunch of kits and like mix and match <laughs> them and go. I do think D and D fifth edition has harnessed some of that energy. And I'm glad that they are just like, Yeah, you can be a little demon or you can be a you know, you can be whatever and here's all these backgrounds and I wish they had taken that a step further and just been like, be your weird little dudes. Uh, yeah. So. I mean, it was a supplement already, so I feel like it's. Yes. Yeah. Um, number Here we one. go. Both bon of bon us. Bon. Surprising it's no one. <laughs> surprising no one. Probably. It's Gamma World. We love it. Uh, yeah, it's I don't know. Just a, a tight little book. Super weird. Uh, very usable. Like good tables to roll on. Uh, truly feels like it angled in from an alternate universe at some point. Like, it doesn't quite feel... It's so weird to me that someone looked at original D&D and was like, I, I can do that too. And then it just feels so strange and different. Yes. Yeah, it doesn't feel... It also doesn't feel of its time. Right. Which is like all the other, a lot of the other ones feel like they're of the time. And this one, like, because it's short and succinct, but also like cool. And the, I don't know, to me, the, 
the rules, like the actual game mechanic didn't feel that shitty, you know, like, right. Yeah. I don't know. Just, it's good. Just good game. Good just game. Just like the only game that I'm like, I would play this. Unchanged. Yeah. I would, pl- I yeah. would at least try it unchanged a couple times. Yeah. Um, that's it. That's our ranking of the games. Tweet at us. That's it. Please tweet at us. Um, tweet us your ranking of the games if you want. Um, oh yeah, that'd be rad. Or put it in the Discord. Right. Join our Discord. Uh, we'll get into that later. But uh, we've been running and playing games in the Discord. People are talking about cool games. Um, like Max said, Jesse L was talking about Cyber Generation, which I'd never heard of, which sounds no, super sounds cool. Sounds rad. Um, we talk a lot about other books too, like not just RPGs. So. There'll be a link to that somewhere. Um, we're doing a book club. We're doing a book club. We are we're officially <laughs> doing a book club. We're doing it. We're reading Harlan Ellison's Dangerous Visions, which is a sci-fi anthology that he edited in the 70s. It has uh, Samuel Delaney. Uh, I'm forgetting. I mean, it has Harlan Ellison, obviously, a bunch of other people. So just a little short story book club. Um, our next segment, we have some questions from listeners. Yeah, good questions. Good questions. Uh, Our first one is uh, related to some of the stuff we've already talked about. Uh, This comes from, I don't know how to say your last name. I should have asked. Uh, It comes from C.M. Framant. Framant. Uh, Do you mind diving into the ethical dumpster of reading games by shitty people on the show? (laughs) So... (laughs) So we've talked about this before, and I have made requests, and I don't know how how hard we're going to stick to this, because I think it's a little bit of an impossible metric, but I would like this to be a place where we don't spend a lot of time talking about the products of assholes. Yes. Reading old books... That gets really hard. And also, like, a lot of books are teams of people that are really big. And I don't necessarily always think that one asshole should make you undo the work of a lot of really good people. And so where that line is, I don't know that we've, like, I don't know that we've figured out, like, a hard rubric for that. Right. Um, But we have... We have talked about some books and then vetoed some books because they're too easily on the other side of our right our our blurry line um yeah and i just like coming from my history of like library school and working in libraries um and we talked about this with will yopst on our game world episode too there's an aspect of this podcast that is kind of archival or archaeologic of like going back and kind of trying to read this with a blank brain or whatever um and so i i mean to me preserving some of these books is not uh an immoral act it's not the same as promoting them totally Um, and hopefully we've been very clear about like don't go and buy this don't give this person money don't you know we are not promoting this book as something you should go out and do or emulate we are kind of going through this past of this hobby that is kind of one of the newer art forms and um, is not very well studied until five or ten years ago. So, yeah, I 
also want to read fewer books by shitty people. <laughs> we'll get into that later. Uh, yeah, I think there's a like, at least for me, something that that irks me that has brought up this conversation in the past, which is like, sometimes in RPG space, people like to wash over uh, a person's, I don't know, personal opinion, political standing, whatever. Right their shittiness in favor of what they've made because what they made had some kind of value to somebody and whether that's nostalgic value or like you know this informed my game design but it was made by somebody who's a total complete asshole and for me it's like i don't want to spend an hour every two weeks being like this thing is great the person who made it is terrible (laughs) right like because those things are connected to me um especially for me i think this is like a game thought also it's not it's not especially for games but i think it like it does kind of part of why it applies for games for me is like there aren't role-playing games that aren't in some way shape or form an act of world building and i don't need nazis to be involved in my world building there is no worlds you i will never be convinced (laughs) that a game written by somebody who is horrible won't contain some of the horribleness of their worldview right and so like i don't need I don't need to spend a lot of time engaging with that because usually when I have seen, when I have seen blog posts or articles or tweet threads or whatever being like, this thing's great, but this person is terrible. You get, you know, a couple sentences deep and you're like, oh, you just haven't realized the ways in which you aren't at the other end of this terribleness. Right. right? Like there's a lot of, I don't know. I don't know if that like actually clarifies what I mean by that, but usually it's like, well, you've missed some terrible things in there that you're just, that aren't just this person's bad. You just don't happen to be like, you know, aware of how women are presented in this object or whatever, right? Like, right. there's, yeah, I don't know. And so I'm like, I just don't want, and I don't ever want to be a reason that somebody goes out and gives money to a jerk. Yeah, which connects with our next question uh, from Christian slash Meat Castle, uh, which games would you recommend actually seeking out and paying the original makers of, if still possible? Uh, getting old stuff secondhand is good, especially when you don't want to support crappy folks, but have any of them risen above that? Um, I think this is an interesting question. I never know how to... Buying something as like a moral act uh, is pretty interesting to me. Like, seek these out and pay these people. It's good. Um, it's just so tied up in capitalism. It's hard for me to like think about that things that way. Um, buy sledgehammer. Buy sledgehammer. I mean, that's a lot of what <laughs> we're going towards. <laughs> yes, a lot of what we're going towards in the next season is like, let's talk about the games that we actually want. Like, giving five dollars to an indie creator on itch, uh, most of that money goes right to them buying someone's hardcover book from world of darkness or from wizards of the coast uh they might see some of that money they likely see none of that they might have been paid uh per word up front and don't get any kind of residuals um and most of those people probably have itch pages most of the people who write for wizards of the coast or pathfinder or whatever also have their own pages where you can just buy their personal shit uh and give them money directly. Right. I, th- I would say, like, buy games of our guests, not the games we've talked about. Largely because a lot of the games we talked about, there's no way to go back. And, like, with the exception of Cyberpunk, none of these are in print anymore. 
So even if I did think some of them were okay, right. none of the ver like not the versions we read, they might have a newer version or whatever. Yeah. But like Cyberpunk, you can still get from our Telsorian games. Um, yeah. If but... you have fifty bucks to spend on games, and you want some D and D, like buy a used copy of a D and D book, and then go spend the rest on three to ten awesome games on itch and like anytime someone buys one of my games like that's a meal for me or like you know a noticeable percentage of my rent it truly means a lot and i'm not again i'm not saying you are a good person if you buy a game from me i'm saying the impact on my life or on you know max's life or someone else of kind of similar standing is percentage is bigger which again is like that's why you should find local charities if you're going to give money like more of that money will go directly to someone in need in your community than if you donate to some nationwide charity that has to you know pay their volunteer pay their board or whatever um so if if you want to talk about like buying as a moral act i think the closest we can get is like definitely just buy from someone directly when you can yeah that's a weird tangent maybe this will be cut (laughs) i mean Um, i think it is like everybody who is on the the show except with the exception of one or two people has things on itch and rather than buy whatever they were the book they were here to talk about go go buy tension or gun fucks or you know like yeah one of adira's rad games or you know one of will or dan's cool like all of those people have cool games on the internet go buy their games yeah <laughs> they're cool go buy torque by will yobst and i'm super excited for big graves will's fashion game that's coming out uh and check out meat castle gamewares thank you christian you're also putting out cool games and i'm yeah. sure would appreciate some books um, who, who hates books i mean I, I hate theoretically books right practically enjoy books theoretically hate books um Final question. This is from John, gay half-orc, author of Sledgehammer. Which game would you most want to time travel for? Go back and get to play it when it was the new kid on the block, taking into consideration your perception of what kind of cultures of play you could expect. Can I guess for you? (laughs) I don't know if I have decided, so please go for it. I feel like if I was going to put you in a game, maybe this is, we can answer this question two ways. <laughs> One can be, which would you teleport the other person to? Yeah. to uh, yeah. um, I would teleport you to the game of Dungeon 100%. I think that, I think you're probably right. <laughs> That's why you want to go play, like you, I feel like you playing with like a 14 year old who like has not, doesn't know about gaming culture, has just been introduced to it, but is like mainly playing in their mind palace is like, that would be rad. Yeah, I have a super fucking love hate with this city of Minneapolis that I live in, but uh, I haven't lived anywhere else any longer, and I am also intrigued by like 1970s Minneapolis game culture. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I think that's where I would go. Gamma World would be super fun, and like Warhammer Fantasy would be fun just to play in England because I think they have this kind of separate parallel game play culture. I think those would be my number two and threes. Max, I would just want to send you back to play Changeling. Rude. <laughs> as, as like a, a baby goth. 
Rude. I mean, I'm not saying that I wouldn't find everybody around me playing Changeling attractive, so like that would be right. fine. I probably that's would. what I want for you. Yeah, yeah, I probably would. Probably all my type, um, or most certainly my type at the time. Uh, <laughs> certainly, if we're if we get like teenage Max playing Changeling with a bunch of other teenagers, then yeah, we're set. That was uh, that was one of my thoughts. I was like. I feel like community-wise, Changeling is probably my jam. <laughs> right. It's that cultures of play part that John yeah. mentioned that that's where my brain went. Yeah, that totally changes the question. If it's just which game do you want to go back and play, like, because also if we're, t- see, I want to time, I want to time travel and brain wipe, right? Like, you don't have the, the <laughs> all of your game knowledge now. Just go back and play. Because that's the thing about a lot of these is, like, I feel like a lot of these didn't have you didn't have 20 years of playing hundreds of different games going into them. Right. And that's a whole different read and a whole different way to play, right? And if that's where we're at, then, like, I probably would like Cyberpunk. Yeah. Right? Like, at the time, if you're, like, this is, you know, especially, again, if we're talking about teenagers. I don't know why. I just assume all these people are teenagers. But, like, you know, if I was younger and didn't have a lot of game experience and thought myself... A member of a counterculture, <laughs> right? Cyberpunk might might do it for me. Yeah. Um, I'm old now. My it? counterculture is sleepy. Right. <laughs> I sleep. I refuse to be awake. I am counter to you. I refuse to contribute to society. I will be sleeping. <laughs> Good day. Um, I think that's the meat of the episode. We have a yes. Few... There was another question, but we can oh, we can it. use this question. No, you didn't. You oh, responded yes, to it. Yes, we can yes. use this question to talk about talk about yeah. a thing that's happening. Uh, uh, JP asked, like, if we could mention parts of the games that we did like. I think we did that as yes. we are going through them. I think but we did do that, but also in a more formal way, we will be releasing regular zines called false bottom i think we've mentioned this before the first one is written and just needs to be laid out and printed um you can get those from our ko-fi coffee kofi store <laughs> as they come out and um each the first one, will one kind of oh go ahead well the first one isn't actually from a game it's a ship it's a ship post game <laughs> It's a uh, shitpost game, but it also was inspired by OD&D and yes. a little bit by Gamma World. Yes. Um, um, hey, plug, shitpost game jam for the next two months on Itch. I am running. Rank your shitpost games, friends. Uh, join us. But yes, yeah, that it's kind of inspired. I feel like it's inspired by like general old school play culture. Right. Um, um, and future topic. issues will be more kind of specifically inspired by some of these games. Like I think for the 13th age one, we're going to try to do like some actionable world building of like, here are some things that PCs can do right at the start of a game to like get involved in ongoing stuff or life path stuff uh, inspired by traveler and cyberpunk. So keep an eye out for those. Similarly, if you listen to our live show, we made a game called Juicer 120. Uh, <laughs> it is mostly written. I think it'll probably just be a free release, but keep yeah. an eye out for that. Yeah, I'm um, excited. So the first episode of False Bottoms will be available to order when we release this episode, because uh, I'm going to hold myself to that. And as an important note, I am going to do some weird, cool 
hand distressing stuff. We're going very old school. This is I, my goal for this is that it looks like one of those things that you did when you were 18 years old and you were playing D&D and you thought you were super cool because you made a newsletter or a newspaper that was an in-world artifact. And by yes. you, I mean I. I did this. Um, <laughs> and distressed it and tea stained it and stamped on it and whatever. I'm going to try and do that uh, for this. So it will be at least at the beginning limited, like it'll be released in batches. Um, and part of my goal for all of them is to kind of um, do something kind of cool with the layout and the printing so that I can do it. So that, well, I mean, you could also do this, but my goal for this whole zine is that it will, we will be going old school zine culture. Also, it will all be produced in our house. <laughs> <laughs> we are not we are not printing like we're not using mixum we're not doing fancy glossy things we are going to use home printers maybe we'll use xerox at some point who knows we're gonna do some uh some only what we can do in our own homes production for them yeah i think it'll be fun it was very fun to write um it'll also be a hundred pages ends, it'll be a hundred pages it'll be a hundred pages which is <laughs> drives me crazy that you're like i'm just gonna do it at home yeah and it's five times as long as any z like yeah i i trust you i believe in you i would have a mental breakdown i'm Um, printing i'm doing printing tests this week it's gonna be great 100 pages sweet um but yeah thus ends season zero um season one now starts season one starts now uh coming up we will be talking about fiasco by jason morningstar uh a gone a gone Agony. Uh, Agony, (laughs) a weird French fantasy RPG uh, that Tyler Crumman recommended. Uh, So we're doing, you know, we're going to try to alternate some kind of Forge era games. We're going to talk about Quiet Ear, Apocalypse World, with some still older-ish games. Um, Vampire the Masquerade is coming up. And then we also just want to talk about cool games that are coming out now. Um, Bloodbeam Badlands is like this game that i've been wanting to play forever it's so good it's so fun uh what else well i think the goal like this is our new this is our new world we're in right so differences between season zero and season one we're going to start reading new books we've been talking about this but we want to read new books by cool people so that the next time you say who should you give money to of the books you've read we can say (laughs) Here yes. are the people you should give money to of the books we've read. Um, but also because, you know, we are both game designers and I think part of this having, it would be nice to read some inspiring things as opposed to things that I feel like we really got to dig into to find the salvageable bits. I don't know. There's something between, there's something different between like salvaging something and being inspired. And I feel like those yes. are kind of the two different goals. Like we were, yes. we were, we were good to salvage in season zero. Um, <laughs> but I would, I wouldn't mind a little bit of inspiration. That being said, we still love all the like games, archeology span stuff. And so want to keep reading some older books um, because we also uh, kind of still find that interesting. Um, but then we're going to intersplice some new stuff. Yeah, we might um, we might start reading some actually new indie stuff. We also, you keep teasing this, but we may do an actual play with some of those because we may actually want to play them. Yeah. The scheduling and recording of more than just me, you, and one other guest, uh, again, makes me so nervous and anxious. Not in a, uh, it'll go bad, but just more scheduling. But... One of my longest running best games is with just two other players. So maybe I will just try to run 
blood being bad blends yeah for you and special guest i don't want to name anyone yet because we're so scheduled out that we don't have a lot of <laughs> uh hard agreements from people but yes that's anyway true. something uh, to look forward to I've been thinking about this. This isn't this isn't a side thought, but you just said maybe I'll just run something for you. And I've been thinking about this because I'm uh, running, going to start running a DCC Lankmar little game, uh, and have been reading one of the Lankmar books just to kind of get in the mood. And was thinking about what it, what like playing. Fafford and the Mouser would look like, like playing a two-player kind of like buddy RPG yeah. would look like, and I have no ideas. I like it's it one rules. of those like I can think about solos, I can think about like one v one too, you know, like yeah. But because like, would that be two people plus a GM? Is that what that looks I like? Like so. it feels I like it. So. Yeah, there's something about like the buddy RPG that has some appeal to me. Um, uh, I did want to say Bloodbeam Badlands is by Viditia Voletti. You should check it out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm excited for that um, one. Wood play. 10-10. Yeah. Anything else? I don't know. Is there anything weird? We didn't find you a weird quote. We we're supposed to find you a weird quote. I'm reading the index card RPG. I pulled a, a quote from that if you want. Okay. This is we're, we're, sh- we're doing a short episode. Do it. Pull the quote. We're doing it live. I will be a beacon of camaraderie. A gathering at a table for mugs and stories is one of the oldest, greatest traditions of our world. Friendship, teamwork, and togetherness are the reasons we play. Greet with a smile and an open hand. Be a masterful host. Treat every player as friend and equal. Okay. Moving forward, inspiration, uh, uh, <laughs> not salvage. <laughs> right. Great. That's it. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>